0: Hello, everybody. This is Mark Vines, and welcome to The Mark Vines Show, and just thank you for joining me on your one-stop shop for everything having to do with Americanism, patriotism, conservatism, constitutionalism, and frankly, just the way that you ought to live your life. You know, know, we're living in a pretty interesting time right now, and... this is, if you ever look back at history and you wonder what it would have been like to live during that period, you know, during the Second World War, First World War, the Depression, Civil War, Revolution, and you just think, wow, those were pivotal times in history, and I wonder what that would have been like. Well, think no more. I think we're in one of those periods right now, and I've said that this is going to be a big, big deal, and it's going to be very, very, Interesting to see where all of this goes to, where we end up. It is amazing to me that it's such a pivotal time in world history. We have the administration that we do, and this is not even meant to pick on the administration. I know a lot of you are just saying, "Well, of course, Mark, you're gonna you're gonna." Per- you know, pick on this administration. That's what you do. And, and that's really not what this program is all about. Actually, this program originally started to talk about uh, how the FBI got off track and try to explain to you, the public, what caused that. But now we are potentially at the beginning of a world war. And these things tend to spiral out of control when you have a lack of leadership or leadership that is just so off track and so ideological and so beholden to radical groups that they follow those radical groups and emphasize their agendas as opposed to the agendas of the United States, certainly, and of course, the world at large. And it's very, very dangerous when we have this. This is how really bad things happen. Now, I could go on ad nauseum talking about what led to this debacle in the Ukraine. And really what you need to know is this. Weakness, fecklessness, lack of decision. And really the biggest part of this is weakness leads to these types of situations. When you have a brutal dictator like Vladimir Putin who looks across The Ukraine and decides that he wants this country to be a part of his country for two reasons. One, he wants to reinstate the great Soviet Union. That's that's how he looked at it, the great Soviet Union. And he sees his place in history as being one of those great leaders, Russian leaders that created the Russian Empire. That's how he sees himself. And you need to understand that. The other thing that he sees is a burgeoning democracy. Now, I know there's a lot of corruption. Uh, Lord, do we know that because Hunter Biden was on the take for lots and lots of money, and I won't relitigate that here and now, but there was a lot of corruption that was going on, and there is a lot of corruption, but you had leaders. You have Zelensky, who really is a reformer, and he, he really is working towards creating a democracy in Ukraine. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. But he was at least working on this. And Putin looks at this burgeoning democracy or potential democracy just across his border and thinks, I want none of that. Because if my people see that, then A, they're going to start leaving my country for that country or start demanding that we have the same sort of reforms here and we can't have that. So he doesn't want to have it. And then he looks at Joe Biden and he thinks, if I do this, what will Joe Biden do? And the answer is nothing. He sized up Donald Trump and thought, yeah, I'm not going to mess with this guy, but looks at Biden and thinks, there's no way in the world, no way is this guy going to react and stop me from doing. Now, a lot of you might say, but Mark, what about NATO? Well, have you noticed that all of the discussions In all the demands, in all the pleas, go to the United States. It doesn't go to NATO. Have you noticed that? It's always the United States. We are the world leader, whether you like it or not, whether even we should be or not. It's just a fact. After all, this is Saturday, March 5th, and Zelensky was on a Zoom call with the United States Senate, Senate, pleading for help, more help. He didn't go to NATO. He didn't go to Poland. He didn't go to Germany. He didn't go to France. He didn't go to any of these countries. He came here. That's the way that it is. Because wherever the United States goes, that is where the rest of the world goes. That's just a fact. And Putin looked looked across the pond here, and he sized up Biden, and he said, this guy is not going to do anything. And some of the things that led to his decision to do that are things like how off Biden is in his assessment of what's going on in the country, in his miscalculations, in his misinterpretations. And he thinks, this guy doesn't even know where he is half the time, but he also doesn't have an understanding of what's going on in his own country, let alone the rest of the world. Now, if you don't believe me, I just want to play for you a couple of clips just to show you sort of the mindset, And these are things that I think many people either didn't hear or it wasn't covered or they didn't pay attention to or you just listened to it and you thought, well, that's Joe, that's not a big deal, it's just Uncle Joe. He eats ice cream, he's a nice guy, he doesn't care. Well, about 10 months ago, he gave a speech in which he talked about how white supremacy was the number one national security threat. Listen to what I just said national security threat. And then he also said that that's what the intel agencies were telling him. That's what the, he said the intel agencies were telling him. The national, number one national threat is white supremacy. Well, if you don't believe me, then just take a listen.
1: And we won't ignore what our intelligence agency had determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. We're not going to ignore that either. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation.
0: Now, the reason why he mentioned that in a speech is because this is on the the heels of the whole George Floyd Minneapolis uh, uh, debacle, that tragedy where George Floyd was killed by a Minneapolis police officer, Derek Chauvin. And there was a lot of emotion behind it, um, rightly so. That was an absolute tragedy. I'm not disparaging what actually happened. There, but a couple of things. Number one, um, white and I've I've covered this in other podcasts before. In the counterterrorism world, in the FBI, domestic terrorism is not the number one priority. Is not has not been, and frankly, never will be. Okay, it it, it was not. I worked it. I know what those priorities are. Never was. And then even in the domestic terrorism world, white supremacy is at the bottom of that. So this was just ludicrous that he even made this statement. By the way, when it comes to uh, white supremacy, this whole incident, if you study the case, had really nothing to do with white supremacy. I know it was a white police officer and George Floyd is a black man. It was more that Derek Chauvin was a bully. He was out of control. He should have never been a police officer, should have been uh, fired years ago, and it was more of a leadership issue in the Minneapolis Police Department. They should have gotten rid of the guy. Go study the case. Come to that conclusion yourself. I've done another podcast on my analysis of that entire case. This was not a white supremacy issue. It was a bad police officer. You know, not every case of a bad police officer is a racial incident. It's interesting, if you go back and study the trial of Derek Chauvin, white supremacy was never brought up in the case when they prosecuted him. It was never brought up because the prosecutors knew that this was not an issue. But to think that this is the number one national security in the United issue in the United States is just preposterous. And I think even the press knew that. And it was so embarrassing that he even said this that you notice that it's really never been covered since. In fact, you have to go dig. You have to go dig around for the clip that I just played for you. You have to go look for it. Because it was just such a stunningly stupid statement to make. Now, put that statement in the context of this, the world right now and what we're going through. And I'll tell you something. Whenever you hear our intelligence agency tell you that this is happening and that's happening and this is a threat, if, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here for a minute, if what Joe Biden just said was true, then we have serious problems in our intel agencies and we need to readdress those. But that wasn't the only stupid statement that Joe Biden made. He's made others. (laughs) He's made a lot of stupid statements over the years, and we all know that. But listen to this. Listen to Joe Biden talking about equity. And you notice that now that uh, Russia has invaded the Ukraine, we never talk about this either. So this is an interesting clip as well.
1: We need to open the promise of America to every American. And that means we need to make the issue of racial equity not just an issue for any one department of government. It has to be the business of the whole of government.
0: So that needs to be the business of the government. That's where we've had our priorities. So while China is on the move, while Iran is on the move, while Russia has been on the move, we need to focus the entire government on racial equity. That's our big problem. Is it because that's a problem, apparently? Now, I've worked for the federal government almost my entire life and never saw that as being a problem, but this is the big problem. And meanwhile, we're on the precipice of a a potential world war. And by the way, let me address that here for a minute. Folks, we're dealing with Russia right now. And you notice that the news is 24 seven Russia, Russia, Russia. Do you hear any talk about China? When the, the State of the Union address happened last week, did Biden address China at all? Did he talk about their nuclear weapons? Did he talk about their military, which is massive? Did he talk about their Navy, which is massive? Did he talk about their conquests out in the um, Pacific, you know, on the other side of the world? So we're dealing with Russia on one side. We're dealing with China on the other side. Didn't even address that. Did he address Iran, which is trying to get a nuclear weapon? And to a great extent, Biden is assisting them, or at least not preventing them from obtaining a nuclear weapon. So what's the big thing right now? Why why are we not uh, head-on addressing the Russians? So, because we don't want to escalate a nuclear war. That's what we're hearing. We don't want to have a nuclear conflict with, with Russia. So... We just appease them. Now that didn't work in the Second World War, but why so why would it work now? So if we are reluctant to address a nuclear power now, is that going to make it any easier for us when Iran gets a nuclear weapon? And what what are, what are you going to do with China when they start making a move on Taiwan? And, they, and that's a very real possibility. They could make a move on Taiwan. This is a very real threat. The The threat is not white supremacists. The issue is not equity. The issue, and the, the, the number one responsibility of any president in the United States is the protection of the American people. That is the number one priority of any president, and this guy is failing miserably. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Those of you that voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, you are going to rue the day that you did that because this is a very, very dangerous time that we're in. And that speech, the State of the Union speech, was very vanilla. It appeased many of the people that uh, he is beholden to, but it did not address any issues of substance. And some of it was just... Embarrassing, And some of it, frankly, just pisses you off. And for somebody who has spent a lot of time in law enforcement, and to see what has happened to the cities, American cities burning down, police officers, hundreds of them being hurt. Hundreds. And he didn't have a problem with that. Federal buildings under siege, but that wasn't an insurrection. Hundreds of officers being hurt, but yet he said that five people were killed during January 6. No, there were not five officers killed on January 6. Some died from uh, other health ailments after January 6, and a number of them committed suicide. And that is tragic. I am sad to hear that, but that was not a result of what happened in January 6. Now, he did not address the unarmed protester that was shot by a police officer. He did not address that at all. Man, it pissed me off so much when Biden talked about how he now wants to fund the police, and that's exactly what he did. And I want to play that clip for you. Just for those of you that did not watch the State of the Union, here it is. This is a clip from Joe Biden giving the State of the Union address the other night.
1: Proven strategies like community violence interruption, trusted messengers, breaking the cycle of violence and trauma, and giving young people some hope. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police, it's to fund the police.
0: Fund them. Fund them. Man, is that insulting to people like me? And if you're a police officer, first responder hut there, that should be absolutely insulting because what it demonstrates to you is that all of this was just a a political ploy all along. And as someone who works with first responders with mental health issues and addiction issues and seeing the damage that has been done to our first responders over the last couple of years and to see this man just turn the tide on a dime, on a dime, just talk about how now, now we're back to being the heroes. That is despicable to me. Absolutely despicable to me. Fund the police. Are you kidding? We have cities in this country where the homicide rate has gone up over 400%, 300% in some cases. Every measurable statistic that you can think of is increased. Morale is low. I, I don't know of any young person today in my world that would even consider going into law enforcement. Departments can't hide, they're begging for people to go in and work as a police officer and they can't get the folks because of how you, President Biden, your administration and the general public has treated police officers over the last two years. But while that's going on and how demeaning that was in the State of the Union you have <laughs> you have, Kamala Harris sitting behind him and, and uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, sitting behind him just looking bizarre. Bizarre. Jumping up and down, acting very... Did, did you all see Nancy Pelosi and just how odd she looked sitting back there, getting up and, and doing some sort of a dance like she was on a dance floor? I don't even know what that was about. It wasn't even during a, a portion of the speech where it was time to clap or applause or anything. She just got up. And it was just so awkward. But talking about Kamala Harris, you know, again, when you're Putin and you look across the pond and you think, are these serious people? Are these sober people? Are these people that, that are going to stare me down and draw a line in the sand? What kind of mentality do they have? Do you know, uh, at that level of government, you have people that, that do psychological assessments and they... they, they Really just do assessments on the the person in office, the high leaders, and determine, you know, how would they react? If we did this, how would they react? What kind of confidence do we have that they would stand up to us? That's That's what they do at that level. And then the people that assess our leaders, this woman who, if Joe Biden passes away tonight, is now the president of the United States. This is how deep of a thinker she is. And just think of how condescending and demeaning she is to the very very people that put her into office. So she's talking about Ukraine and she's on a uh I believe it's some sort of a hip hop a podcast called The Hustle. And they the podcast hosts are asking her to kind of explain in layman's terms, you know, what the heck is going on over there and this is her response. For those that just joined us, we're talking to Vice President Kamala Harris. And uh, if you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States?
1: So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I love how she, at the end of her sentences, you know, when you're around high school girls, junior high school girls, and they they end their sentences by going up, you know, like, basically it's wrong? (laughs) If you're Vladimir Putin, are you taking this lady seriously? Are you taking the United States seriously? I know I wouldn't. Folks, this woman is one heartbeat away from the presidency. Are you not insulted by how she talks to you, the American public? Are you not insulted by that? Because I sure as hell am. We have three more years of this. Three more years of this. And meanwhile, gas prices are going up. Just today, I understand that in the last 24 hours, gas prices have jumped 10 cents. I'm already starting to see it. Did you know that wheat prices in Europe have jumped 40% since last week? Wheat is not only used for food for humans, but wheat is used to feed animals, which we eat, What do you think that's going to do to all the prices? What do you think it's going to do to diesel prices, which is used for trucking? What do you think it's going to do for fuel prices for aircraft, air travel, everything? Everything is going to go up, and it's going to go up exponentially. And the one thing that we have not done is shut down oil production for the Russians. We have not targeted their oil, and, and that's something that's talked about quite a bit. And the question is why? I don't know. I was watching Glenn Beck the other day, and he did an episode where he went through all of the different areas of this <clears throat> entire debacle, which is our response to what's going on in Ukraine. And he asked all these different questions about why, why is our administration doing uh, all these various things? And he said something doesn't make sense here, and something does not make sense and the administration is becoming very combative about this. And they're starting to blame the oil producers in this country, of which they have been at war with. They've spent more time going to war with our oil producers than they have with the Russians. You know, the same tenacity that they exhibit towards the American people and American companies, particularly energy companies, if they could put that same tenacity, up against the Russians, I think we would be much better off. But there was a Fox reporter that asked a question about energy and about sanctioning oil, the Russian oil. And this is what Jen Psaki had to say about this. And just listen to how she just talks down um, to to this woman. You know, just take a listen to this. On gas, you just said that, you know, less supply raises prices, it's not in our strategic interest to reduce the supply. We also know, you know, the president as recently as yesterday talked about increasing domestic manufacturing to bring down prices on uh, inflated items like goods. So why not apply the same logic to energy and increase domestic production here?
1: Well, there are 9,000 approved oil leases that the oil companies are not tapping into currently, so I would ask them that question. Is there nothing that the administration can do to get those providers back to pre-pandemic levels? Do you think the oil companies don't have enough money to drill on the places that have been pre-approved? Just asking. I would I would point that question to them, and we can talk about it more tomorrow when you learn more. Do you think that opening the Keystone Pipeline and having more energy-friendly policies might do that? The Keystone Pipeline has never been operational. It would take years for that to have any impact. I know a number of members of Congress have suggested that, but that is a proposed solution that has no relationship or would have no impact on what the problem is. We hear all agree is an issue.
0: Can you, just, can you just hear the condensate... Uh, you know, condescending tone in her voice towards this reporter. This is a legitimate question. And this is an administration that shut down the Keystone pipeline on day two of the administration, but yet allowed the Russians to continue on with theirs. And then what Jen Psaki just did was she turned this back on the reporter and then turned it back on to the oil producers in this country, blaming them for this. That's what this administration does. This is insulting and this is dangerous. This is a dangerous time that we are living in because these are the people that really hate you more than they hate the Russians. They hate you more than they hate the Chinese. And you don't think that they see this in China, Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin or the Ayatollahs, uh, you know, the... the, the, uh, Theocratical leaders that are in uh, Iran, you think they don't see this? I don't think that we've seen the worst of this yet. I really don't. You know, one of the things that Joe Biden talked about was something that may change his opinion on whether or not we put U.S. troops into combat over in Europe is if Putin starts to target civilians. Well, folks, they've already started doing that. We know that they've done that. We also know that they've been raping and abusing women. You know, where are the women's rights activists? Where are the people that care about human trafficking and rape and uh, abusing children? That's happening right now in Ukraine. And what's interesting is Joe Biden has actually admitted this. So, uh, you know, he was asked, and now this is going to be a kind of a hard clip to, to hear and understand, but he's asked whether or not, they the russians have been targeting civilians and and here was his response to that (laughs) intentionally targeting civilian areas there are over two thousand civilians there they they are are. (laughs) so what he just said there i know that that was very hard to understand he said it's clear that they are it's clear they are that's what joe biden said when he was asked by this reporter they are targeting civilians so by his own standards that line has been crossed and that means in his world that we're likely going to get involved in this. We cannot sit back and watch this happen. We can't. I I'm, I'm not saying that we should get involved. Don't, don't, please do not misinterpret what I'm saying. What I'm doing is I'm looking at what's happening, and I'm looking what's what he says he's going to do and what he is telling the public his limitations are, and those limitations have been met. And I think it's just a matter of time the more and more atrocities come out. I mean, you have you have the Russians saying that they're going to hold public executions of people that have dissented against them. Now, wait until that happens. Wait until that that ends up on telev- your television screen and you're seeing people being executed publicly. What do you think the world reaction is going to be? What do you think Biden's reaction is going to be? Now, you couple that politically with the fact that the Democrats in the United States are facing just abysmal ratings right now and his are abysmal Kamala Harris's is even worse and I know that they are looking meaning the administration is looking at the fact that typically when you look at uh, wartime presidents they get a, a popularity bump out of that and you think if you think for a moment that the Democrats won't view this entire situation through the lens of politics you're crazy they do they care more about power and being reelected than the welfare of people and the welfare of the nation. That's just a fact. That is just a fact. And I think these people will use uh, putting American uh, service members into harm's way as a way to boost their own ratings. I, I believe that. And you keep an eye on that. But if you look at what Joe Biden says, if they target, he has said in the past, that if they target civilians, that's crossing a line, and they've already met that. I'm just pointing it out, folks. As I told you here before, I'm not here to impress or depress. I'm just here to express what's what's going on and interpreting what people say because words matter, and he has said that in the past. Very interesting time to live right now, but keep an eye on this, and we want to keep you up to date, and we will keep you up to date here on The Mark Vine Show. So with that, folks, I am so glad that you joined me tonight. You guys stay safe out there. Keep your head up. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless the Ukrainians. They are fighting, and they are fighting hard. But guys, the tide is against them, and we sure as hell aren't helping them out. So with that, check me out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Rumble, on Parler. You guys take care of yourselves, and you have a great week. We'll see you soon.